Today is Christ the King Sunday, the last Sunday of ordinary time following Pentecost, or the last Sunday before Advent, which, believe it or not, we are almost to Advent. Fun fact, Christ the King is a fairly new day added to our church calendar. In fact, it was not until after World War I when it was added. And it was added to remind us that Christ is our King on earth. It was added to the calendar by Pope Pius XI in the Roman Catholic Church in response to the growing secularism of the world, which is still present today. Historically, it was observed on the last Sunday of October, but in 1970, it was moved to the last Sunday of ordinary time. Now, king or queen, those titles evoke many thoughts or associations. Even though we don't have kings or queens in this country, we still have an image of, of what that we think of when we hear about those titles. We may think of someone who is royalty as someone who is above the people or sees themselves above the people, all because of a situation they were born into. As King Arthur said in Monty Python's search for the Holy Grail, when accused of thinking of the peasants as inferiors, well, I am king. We may picture a ruthless leader like King Edward Longshanks in the oh-so-historically-accurate Braveheart. Not much. Not much. Or we may think of a noble king like Aragon in Lord of the Rings. Either way, they're certainly above their subjects in the political social ladder. They had power. They had status. They had wealth. And they liked their power. They lived into that power. And did not like it when one came and claimed a greater power than them. And to this day, there are leaders over across the world who claim power, this type of power. There are leaders who are not necessarily kings or queens who still seek power. There are leaders who, in the, who many in their countries are beginning to look for, for a certain salvation or redemption. Even here in our own country, we're seeing our leaders and political parties being put up on a pedestal. And for many they're becoming an idol. But when push comes to shove. These leaders are not our true. Eternal leaders. They may lead our government. But they are not our Lord. They're not our true king. Salvation does not come. At their hands. As I said Christ the King Sunday. Was created to combat. The growing secularism as well as a response to World War I. A war that was supposed to end all wars. A war that left many young people dead. A war that pitted nations against nations. It was a reminder of the need to remember the Great Commission. To go out into all nations, to baptize all people. It was also a way to remember that the leaders who led their countries into war were not the ultimate leaders for Christians. 
They may have been leaders for their countries in which they serve, but not our Lord. And that was not all that was going on. We were beginning to see true evil crop up in the world. With the rise of fascism in Germany, Italy, and other parts of Europe. The rise of communist Soviet Union, which stood against the church. There is much need to be reminded that Christ was the one true leader of the world. Christ was still needed following the events of the First World War, and Christ is still needed today. And this takes allowing Christ to dwell in us by showing Christ in our actions and our words. When we truly allow Christ to reign supreme in our lives, we begin to embody him. When our actions become Christ's actions, we are living embodiments of Christ. When we live our lives embodying Christ and allowing him to reign in our lives, the division of the world is overtaken. People begin to see their king in the world. When we act in service to our king, his kingship will show to a world that needs to see it. But how do we do this? The answer is found in our gospel reading. Our gospel lesson concludes chapter 25 of Matthew, and it follows the theme of the previous passages that we've been hearing about. The theme of waiting for the Lord to return. The passage deals with judgment coming from the Son of Man when He returns in glory. Specifically, the criteria for being named just or unjust. The first event which, which is to occur is the separation of the people or perhaps the nations as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Now the image of the sheep and the shepherd is very, very familiar, not only to the community around Matthew's time, but also for us. The New Testament is full of sheep and shepherd metaphors for the church. And we have it here. The sheep being those who do God's will. And the goats who go against it. And we see the king in the discourse who, as we see, is also the judge, which, as we know, is the son of man, the one sitting at the throne. Jesus laid out six different situations of need in this passage. Hunger, thirst, a stranger, naked, sick and in prison. The first round of needs was addressed to the righteous. The king was cared for with each of these words. And this is where the confusion came in. Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food? They could not see who it was that the king was talking about. They don't remember doing these things for the king. So how is it that they did? And the answer was quite clear. Just as you did it to one of the least of these who are my family, you did it to me. And the situation then shifts to the accursed. We see the exact same needs, only this time the king was not provided. The accursed did not feed them or visit them in prison or care for them. 
They did not do it because they did not do it to the least of these in his family. Therefore, they did not do it to the king or Christ. Christ was laying the groundwork for model to show how we serve him by serving others. When we serve others, when we love others, we are loving and serving Christ. He is also showing us the importance of how to look at others, seeing them as embodiments of Christ as well. And this is what we say in our baptismal covenant, that we will seek and serve Christ in all persons. This is how we can show Christ to the world. This is how we can serve Christ. By serving others as we would Christ, by loving as we would Christ and vice versa as Christ loves us. As Christians, we are united through Christ. We are a family of believers who are called to care for one another and not just in these walls, but beyond these walls. In our community and beyond. Just as we did by helping give some of some the means to have a Thanksgiving meal here locally when they otherwise would not have those means, or by supporting mission abroad. This is how we are caring for Christ. This is how we're caring for his family. And when we do this holy work of service, we are being Christ. We are embodying Christ. We are letting Christ reign supreme in our lives, in our hearts, and in our actions. Again, we are living in a world where hatred and division are prevalent. Where the world is seeing too much evil. This world needs to see Christ. This world needs Christ. It needs to be reminded that Christ is still here and Christ is our King. Our political identities are not the King. Hatred and division is not the king. The works of Satan and sin is not the king. Christ is our king. When we let him reign in our lives, when we act in ways that shows Christ by caring and loving our neighbors, the world will see Christ in this, in this crazy world. The world will see who their king is, who their Lord is. So as we prepare for the season of Advent, the season where we are preparing for the coming of Christ, let us truly embody him, embody Christ. And to do this, let us allow him to reign in our lives. By doing his work, by serving others, by serving him. And when we embody Christ, the world will see Christ in us, not hatred. Not division. Not hopelessness. The world will see love. Reconciliation. Hope. The world will see Christ in His sovereignty. Let us go out and show the world Christ in our love and works. Amen. Amen.